now. How, come you, how, how many can relate to that? Have you ever had one of those days? How many have ever had one of those days where you get up late for work and you're driving and you, you, you got to get there in a hurry and the roads are always clear in Georgia. So you're in a hurry, you're late and you hit the traffic and things just get better and better. You have a bad day at the office. How many have had a bad day at your office? Yeah, if you're in the ministry, you've had bad days in the office. But you know what? You work hard and the boss comes down on you, you come home, right? You can't wait to get home. You, you rush out to the car and you get stuck in traffic. One of those days. And then you get home, right? And, and, and you come in the house, you're dragging and your, your husband's uh, laying on the couch, sound asleep, and the kids are running around with dirty diapers and the dishes are piled up and, and, and he, he has the, uh, the goal to say, Honey, what's for dinner? Honey, why are you such a crab this morning? And you walk up to him and you say, if you open your mouth one more time, I'm going to belt you. How many have ever said that before? <laughs> have you ever had one of those days? Have you ever had one of those weeks? Come on. Where your cheese kind of sliding off your cracker a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, my, my cheese hasn't even been on my cracker for years. <laughs> but you begin to kind of falter a little bit during the week, and, 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 and what you want to do is just scream. Am I the only one? I'm going to share this. I know I'm going to get trouble. But Ross does this to Amy all the time. So, <laughs> No, not your wife, my wife. Uh, <laughs> This is my wife, Sally, by the way, if you don't know her. Um, yeah, yeah. And she's had many days living with me like that. And I remember one time, and forgive me, Sally, I'm sorry, but better ask for forgiveness than permission. But I remember one day that we were driving, <coughs> and all of a sudden she goes, Ah! Do you remember that? And she started beating the dashboard. And it's like, man, I'm a slob. Because it was about me. I'm sure it was. It always is. <laughs> but we all have those bad days, don't we? Bad days where things just don't go bad. They self-implode. Exp- ex- well, I mean, there's days when we just kind of go, what the heck's going on here? Like yesterday. I had one of those days yesterday. Just, just yesterday. Any Michigan fans? How- no, really. Is there any Michigan fans? Two? One? Yeah. Chip? I don't know what happened. It was one of those days, man. I, I, I don't know what happened. Here, here we're gathered in the TV room, and we have uh, all this maize and blue people. And we're laughing, and we're cheering. Yeah, go! And then things started just kind of... Yeah. And, and, I, and I look across the room from me. And I see this boy. He had the most hideous shirt on you ever seen in your life. It was horrible. It was bright red. And across the chest, it said something about suck eyes. I don't want to mention no names, but his initials were Grant Wiseman. It was his fault, by the way, that we lost. 
It was one of those days that things just kind of went bad. Listen, Larry and Elmer were having a bad day. And they found themselves out in the woods hunting. How many of you have been out in the woods hunting? Larry and Elmer ended up getting lost in the woods. And how many have been lost in the woods? And it gets scary sometimes, don't you? But there's a, there's a rule we go by. Is when you get lost, you, you, you fire three shots in the air. And you stay and wait. So Larry's trying to calm Elmer down. And Elmer says, or Elmer says Larry, uh, whatever. He says this. He says, don't worry about things. Things are going to be all right. All we have to do is, is shoot three times in the air. So they said, great. So they shoot three air, uh, three. <laughs> I never said that. They fire three shots in the air and, and they sit and they wait and nothing happens. And Larry and Elmer's getting kind of nervous because the hour's getting late. So they decide to try it one more time. So they, they shoot three more times in the air. Still nothing happens. Elmer tells Larry, I hope it works this time. We're down to our last three arrows. See, you're not supposed to give the punchline away. <laughs> but you ever been in that situation in life where you, you, you feel just like that, like you're shooting three arrows in the air and for help to come? Instead of that big ba-boom, who hears an arrow? We've all been in those places in life where it just seemed like, what in the world is going on? One of those days where it's that, wait, What? Have you ever felt like that before? What just happened? Why, why me? Why, why is this going on? How many of you know that being followers of Jesus Christ, we don't get an exempt card? All of us here, if you haven't had one of those days we've talked about, you will. It's coming, but trust me, it's going to come. But we, we don't get an exempt card. Even following Jesus Christ, we still get those unexpected phone calls. The unexpected phone call that says so-and-so passed away unexpectedly. We get those phone calls where the doctor says it's terminal. We, we, we hear sometimes the, the, the word saying, I don't love you anymore. See, we go through times and things in our walk where, where things just don't go bad. They, they implode and they, 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 they destroy us. There's going to be times where you feel, listen to this, there's going to be, feel, there's going to be times when you feel so low. You don't think you can go any further until something else comes along and puts you even further under. Can you relate to that with me? Man, I, I, there's been so many times where, where, where it's just like one thing on top of another piles on top of you. And out of nowhere, this huge storm kind of comes out, the perfect storm. How many of you ever remember the Angela Gale, the perfect storm? You remember that? It was when three storms came overhead, and it, it kind of formed the, the perfect situation, the perfect storm. Waves were, I don't know how long, and, and at the end, we see that boat trying to get up over top that, water, that wave. Do you remember that part? And that's what happens in our life sometimes. Sometimes these waves come out of nowhere, and they're monstrous. They're huge. There's no way that we can get over these waves. But trust me, we can, and we're going to find out how in a minute. But there's times in our lives when things just go so bad. All of us will find uh, time, uh, we'll find times when we find ourselves smack dab in the middle of that perfect storm. How many of you have ever been in a perfect storm? How many of you could say this morning, hey, pastor, I'm in the middle of that storm. You're struggling with a marriage. You're struggling with, with perhaps a, a job. You're struggling with relationships. All of us are, oh, wayward children. Oh, 
really? Is there anything that hurts us more than our children <laughs> as far as the pain of watching them struggle? But we're all going to go through these times. We're all going to struggle. There's going to be times when all hell comes against us. And we wonder what in the world is going on. Huge life situations. Huge problems that want to steal our inner joy and our inner peace. But God. Would you say that with me? But God. Now, I'm not, repeat, I'm not getting this from Ross. I've been doing this for a long time. So he stole it from me. <laughs> but God, but listen, God, God will always make a way, listen, where there seems to be no way. Can we say that? That's going to be our theme tonight, this morning. God will make a way, make a way. where there seems to be no way. Now, do you believe what you just said? Yeah, God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He, he always does. He always comes through. But it's the sudden storms that rock us. Look at Matthew 28 with me. Matthew 28. We, we all know the story, right? When Jesus got in the boat, he started across the lake with his disciples. How many of you have been on a lake? Well, what a nice day, right? I wish I could say that in this story, uh, it was a beautiful sunny day and the birds were hovering overhead just singing perfect songs and it, they were singing kumbaya on the boat and they were having this wonderful day out in the boat. But all of a sudden, something happened. Suddenly, verse 24, suddenly a fierce storm struck the lake. The, wave, the waves broke into the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. Have you ever felt like that before? Have you ever felt, Jesus, where are you? Come on, really, God, you're sleeping? The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. Jesus responded, why are you afraid? Now, I don't know about you, but right about here, I would have been saying, really, God? Really? really? Why am I afraid? We're about to die. Look at this storm. We're about to go under. And then Jesus says, you, you have so little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and suddenly there was a great calm. And the disciples were amazed. Who is this man, they asked. Even the winds and the waves obey him. Sometimes, I believe in this story that the waves were calmed like that because the apostles were amazed. So I think it was one of those instant things. Now, you can debate me on that. I don't know, but... It seems like it was instantly calm. Listen, sometimes in our walk, sometimes in our spiritual journey, there's going to be times where the waves don't seem to be going anywhere. We keep batting on us. It gets hit and it keeps hitting us, and it seems like nothing's going to change. But God, God holds us in the storm. God, God has our back. He's there all the time with us. You do know that, right? No matter what you're going through, no matter how bad the storm is, God has you. God has you, and he'll never let you go. Somebody say amen or do something. Listen, I'm Pentecostal, so get excited with me. You, I guarantee you, I've heard it all, I've seen it all, nothing scares me. Here's the deal this morning. Listen to this. It's not the absence of the storms in our lives. It's who we discover in the storms. Now, you got to hold on to that this morning. If you take nothing else home with you this morning, take that home with you. It's who we discover in the storms. And I discover Jesus all the time. Sometimes it sounds like he doesn't hear me. 
Sometimes I feel like he's not there, but he is always there. Say that with me. He's always there. Throughout the Bible, we see story after story of men and women who had faced the perfect storm. Throughout the Bible, we see men and women that have, have, have hit the wall with no notice. Boom. And all of a sudden, chaos has broke out. There's no difference then than there is today. We still have these problems. Look with me to Acts 16. I've got a, I've got a lot of scripture verses. So if you want to flip through, great. If you're not, it'll be behind me. But let's, let's read this together here. One day as they were going down to the place of prayer, we met a demon-possessed slave girl. She was a fortune teller who earned a lot of money with her, for her masters. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God. They have come to tell you how to be saved. This went on day after day until Paul got exasperated at the time, and he turned and said to the demon with her and her, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her, and instantly it left her. Now listen, right now what's going on here is everything's pretty cool so far, isn't it? They're having a great day, but listen, that what, uh, wait, what is about to happen? Where all of a sudden this huge storm's going to blow up. Hey, they just cast the demon out. Things are looking cool, right? Let's move on. Her master's hope of wealth were now shattered. So they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged him before the, the authorities at the marketplace. The whole city is in an uproar because these Jews, uh, they shouted to the city officers. They were teaching customs that are, are illegal for the Romans to practice. Now listen to 22. The mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten. Wow. And then they were thrown into prison. The jailers was ordered to make sure that they didn't escape. So the jailer put them in the inner dungeons and clamped their feet in stocks. Have any of you had a day that bad? That, my friends, is a bad day. That's a bad day, and, 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 and Paul and Silas, they're, they're, they're trying to cope with this. But God will make a way where there seems to be no way. When you feel pushed beyond your ability to cope, listen, when, you, when you're pushed, remember that you have a heavenly father, that he's there, he's seen all, he knows all, and his arms are just waiting to hold on to you. Amen? Amen? I mean, he's just waiting there for us to soothe you. So stop worrying about holding on and just allow yourself to be held. Have you ever heard those stories, just tie a knot at the end of the string and hold on? It's so much easier, brothers and sisters, if we just let, let them hold us. Know that he's got you in his grips. Know that he's got you in his hands. And he does. He does. God's got you. You might rock and rattle and roll, but you'll stand the storm because God's got you. Around midnight, it says, as we're going to go on here in Acts 16, around midnight, Paul had this great idea. How many of you have been in a really bad situation? Just slip it up. When you were in that overwhelming situation, 
did the thought ever come to you, let's sing? <laughs> Not so much. I've been through a lot of situations in life that were overwhelming that made me weep and cry. Boy, one of the one things I didn't want to do is sing. Let's sing. Let's read on. Around midnight, Paul and Silas was playing, was pr- playing. <laughs> yeah, they were playing with their chains. Yeah, they had a good time. <laughs> they were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. Now listen to verse 26. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake. Just a coincidence, right? And the prison was shaken to its foundations, and all the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. When we praise God in our storms, when we cry out to God in our storms, and you listen to me, look at me, everyone up here, I love watching eyeballs. When your world is coming apart, when your world is just crumbling and it's just falling apart, and we begin to praise and pray to the Father, listen to me, heaven and hell begins to shake. Heaven and hell begins to shake, and it begins to be a rattling in heaven and in hell. Man, all hell is broke loose because they're saying, what in the world is going on here? And all the chains that the enemy chained on us begin to fall off. So listen, when we praise and worship the Lord, things happen. Chains fall off. Bondages disappear. Come on, say amen. Do something. Some of us need our chains to be removed this morning. And the way we do that is worshiping and singing to the Lord because things happen. When we cry out. This morning we need to cry out. Father remove these bondages. Take away these things. By praising him in the storms. And allowing him to lead us through the storms. Is where our strength comes from. Listen to Isaiah 26. And I'm hurrying here. You will keep in perfect peace. All who trust in you. All whose thoughts are fixed on you, Jesus. Matthew 14, 22. Then Peter called out, called out, Lord, if it's really you, remember the story? The storm is blowing and, and the disciples are, are fearful and they're afraid on, on this little boat and uh, the waves are big and, 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 and all of a sudden, what do they see? A ghost. They see Jesus walking to him and Jesus calls Peter out. Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come out and walk on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and began walking on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out. Now listen, that word immediately, you got to get a hold of that. When we call out to God, he doesn't say, okay, well, you struggle for a little bit. When we cry out for help, God immediately begins to begins to do things. Immediately behind the scenes, he begins to, to see, we begin to see things begin to change and things happen. Three things that we have to do when inner peace begins to fail. Are you ready? Three things. One, we have to focus on God instead of the situation. No matter what the problem is, focus on him. Two, we have to remember that he is in control and has a plan. No matter what the situation, there's always a plan. 
Number three is trust him no matter how great the storm might be. How many of you believe the Bible to be 100% true? If the Bible is 100% true, then all the promises in the Bible are 100% true. All the promise that we find at the bottom, we can stand on and, and, and just rely on. Why? Because it's truth. It's honest. It's, it's there. It's steady. It's constant. The blessings are there. And the Bible has blessings throughout it, helping us through things. Listen to what Isaiah 43 says. <coughs> Excuse me. By now, the, uh, but now, O Joseph, listen to what the Lord, to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Now, I don't know about you, but if something's mine, I'm going to take real good care of it. I'm not going to let nothing happen to it. That's mine. Get your hands off it. Listen, let's go on. Look at some more of these promises. Verse 2. <clears throat> when you go through deep waters, What? I will be with you. These are promises. You, you can't go wrong with them. When you go through deep waters, I'll be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burnt. The flames will not consume you. So listen, we're going to go through situations and we're going to go through troubles, but it's not going to destroy us. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. God's got you. Say that. God's got me. No matter what you're going through this morning, God's promises that he will never leave us and he will never forsake us. Why? Because God will make a way where there seems to be no way. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. Years ago, I found this illustration. you allow me to read it to you? Listen to this illustration. It's a perfect example of how God is behind the scenes. Listen as I read this. One day, a native of native, one, one tribe of Native Americans had a unique practice for training young braves. On the night of the boy's 13th birthday, he was placed in a dense forest to spend the entire night alone. Until then, he had never uh, been away from the security of his family or his tribe. But on this night, he was blindfolded and taken miles away. When he took the blindfold off, he was in the middle of a thick forest by himself all night long. Every time a twig snapped, he probably visualized a wild animal ready to pounce. Every time an animal howled, he, he imagined a wolf leaping out of the darkness. Every time the wind blew, he wondered what more cynical sounds that was, was hiding no doubt it was a terrifying night. After what seemed like eternity, the first rays of sunlight began to enter the forest. Looking around, the boy saw flowers, he saw trees, and he saw the outline of the path that he came in on. Then to his utter astonishment, he saw the figure of a man standing just a few feet away from him, armed with a bow and arrow. It was the boy's father, he had been there all night. That's exactly the way it is with us when the storms blow. When you find yourself in a situation, listen, God's got you. 
There's nothing going to harm you. There's nothing that's going to defeat you. There's nothing that's going to get you. God is there, and he always will be there. Give the Lord a hand of praise. Listen, when things seem hopeless and out of control, with no light at the end of the tunnel, and believe me, you're going to be there one day. There's hope when there seems to be no hope. There's a light, a light at the end of the tunnel when there seems to be none. God is always there, even when we don't see him or even when we don't feel him. He's there. Another quick story of incredible God stuff. We find it in Daniel chapter 3, verse 19 through 26. And Nebuchadnezzar was so furious. We all know the story that uh, the, 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 uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were, were commanded to bow before the, the, the idol, you, you know, the golden idol. And, and they refused to do that. So when they refused to do that, we know the story, right? Let's go on. Nebuchadnezzar was so furious because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego wouldn't bow down to his golden image that his face became distorted with rage. Can you see it? You're so mad. He commanded the furnace to be heated up seven times hotter than usual. Then he ordered some of the strongest men in the army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into blazing fire. So they tied them up and threw them into fire, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king, in his anger, he demanded uh, such a hot fire of the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three million in. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. Have you ever got a hold of that before? The fire's so hot that the, the strong guys throwing them in would just burn up. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego says, hey, I win no matter what happens. My God will come through no matter what. You know, even, even if the ultimate outcome is death, we win. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say, hey, let's have a party. I don't care. I'm going home either way. If not, my God's going to be glorified. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were having a bad day. They were at that, wait, what? or what, wait, moment. This can't be happening, right? Suddenly, Shadrach, but suddenly, Shadrach, uh, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his, his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them in the fire? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, Nebuchadnezzar said, I see four men unbound, walking around in the fire unharmed, and the fourth looks like a God. Yeah, give the Lord a hand. That's, a, that's incredible stuff. Come on, that's what it's like. Then Nebuchadnezzar came close to, to, the, close to see if he could, uh, so he could open the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, get out here. You know what the proper response would have been? Come in and get us. <laughs> That's what I would have said. Hey, dude, you want me to come on in? Come out here, he says. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego steps out of the fire. 
How many of you have ever been around a bonfire? When you're sitting around a bonfire, there's certain things that begin to happen. One, you begin to smell. Two, your hair on your arms singe sometimes. I know. <laughs> Strange odors become out of the fire because you put your shoes too close to the fireplace. I know. What's that smell? Who, who threw something in? It's my shoes. So there's certain things in bonfires that happen that are, are, are it just happens. And we, we know you've been around a bonfire. But look as we go on to Daniel chapter 3, verse 27. Then the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not even a hair on their head was singed. That, that's Wow. Remember, everything that we read in the Bible is true. These aren't illustrations. These, this happened, I believe, right? And their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell like smoke. Listen, when God does something, God does something. Really? You don't even smell like smoke. That's how it is with us in our walk. When times go bad and times overwhelm us, we don't even have a, a, a glimpse of the situation. The only thing that burned off of, of those, the only thing that was burned off was what? The ropes that held them. Now listen, those ropes this morning could mean a lot of things. Those, that, those ropes could mean the bondage of whatever, pornography. The bondage of lust. The bondage of fear, the bondage of worry, the bondage of discouragements and disappointments. Those ropes represent everything that holds us back. Everything that holds us down is, is represented in that rope. And Jesus is telling us this morning, I'm willing to burn that stuff off, but you've got to quit putting it back on. Allow me to burn that rope off and, and begin anew again. Some of us this morning have to say, hey, Jesus... Burn the bondages off me. Have you ever said something like this before? Why, Jesus, are you allowing this to happen to me? Why am I going through this? Have you ever said, come on, I, I yelled at God before. You ever yell at God? Yeah. Really, God, you said? And God's just like, watch it, boy. Yeah, yeah I said. But we've all been there before, haven't we, been, Pastor Marvin? Where, where, God, what's going on here? Why, why me? Why do I have to go through this? Why does my family have to go through this? Why, God? And God may say something like this in response. You wouldn't understand if I told you, just trust me. Just trust me. I'll make sure you get through this. We have to get past the place where we don't trust God or that we do trust him with every situation, knowing that there's an eternal reason for a temporary problem. How do we begin to trust God more? How do we learn to 
to trust him in a deeper way. And that's by allowing ourselves to be led deeper by him. See, so many of our, us Christians, listen, so many followers of Jesus Christ sat, settle for the 101 Christianity. They settle for fire insurance. See, we just settle for that, that little something there. We just, we just want to get by. How many of you ever been at the beach? They're kind of hard here in Georgia, aren't they? Beach is where the water comes up to the shore. We've all been to a beach before, right? And when you got to the beach, what did it look like? Where were the majority of the people? On the beach, throwing sand at each other and, and flexing their oiled bodies. <laughs> I'd flex mine and oil mine, but boy, something bad would happen. <laughs> you weren't supposed to laugh at that, but that's okay. <laughs> the majority of people are on the beach, and that's exactly, exactly the way it is in God's house. In God's family, is the majority of the people, the believers, are on the beach and they're enjoying the, the, the sun and they're enjoying the, the comfort and they're enjoying they're just playing with their children. And, and then as we look out the beach, we see some people splashing in, in knee-deep water. You with me on this? And they're just kind of splashing and having fun. And, and then you see the other ones that are out to their shoulders. Yeah? And then every once in a while, you see this, this real brave couple of people way out there. And their heads are just bouncing in the water. Have you ever seen people like that? How many of you ever done that before? Oh, you brave souls. I have this incredible fear for dark water. And if it's dark and I can't touch at the bottom, there's something down there. You know that's to be true, right? So I have a fear of deep, dark water. But God's calling us, listen, out to that deep water. He's calling us out beyond where we're comfortable. He's calling us out beyond the buoys. He's calling us. He's telling us to take our Christian floaties off. Yeah, I don't know who helped me out, but thanks. Water rings, is that what they call them? I call them sissy things, but. <laughs> I flex and they just pop. That's not true. But listen, most of us want to settle for the status quo. Most of us want to just enjoy the average, the common. I remember when my little boys were, were oh gosh, I got to go. I remember my little boys as they were learning how to swim. I remember they, they'd be in the pool and you'd say, come on, jump in, you can do this. Yeah? And they would jump in, and you would tell them, come on, I'm right here. I'm right here ready to catch you. You can do this. Just jump in. Listen, that's what God's telling us to do this morning. He's saying, I'm right here. Jump in. I've got you. And we have to do that. We just have to allow ourselves to jump in. God's calling us this morning to step out, go beyond what's possible, beyond what's natural, and beyond what's physical. Church. It's in the deep waters, past the safety zones, and past the ropes, where the unthinkable and the imaginable happen. The unthinkable happens when we're, when we're totally on faith out in the deep water. In Ezekiel 47, it says this. And he brought, God, let's jump, jump down to 33 and 4. And we see the water gushing out of the temple. And the temple is, the, the, you know, all, every stream, when, the, when it comes out from under the temple, goes this way and gets bigger, Right? 
And that's what the story is telling us here in Ezekiel, that there was, a, there was water gushing out from under the altars. And it was going like this, and it's going out, and it's getting bigger and bigger. Many of us today, our, our church today is not this church, it's other churches. We turn that around, and now the big end's this way, and the water's going out this way, and there's just a few of us out there. See, what we have to do is we have to turn that around, and we have to listen to Ezekiel as, as he talks here. He says, he walked, he walked to the east with a measuring tape and measured off 1,500 feet. And now listen to the key word, leading. Leading me through the water that was ankle deep. He measured off another 1,500 feet, leading me through the water that was knee deep. See, see how there's a progression? He measured off another 1,500 feet, leading me through the water waist deep. He measured off another 1,500 feet, and by now it was a river over my head, water to swim in, water no one could possibly walk through. Friends, that's where God wants us today. He wants us to go beyond our safety, beyond what's comfortable for us. He wants us to take, us, he wants us to take a leap and go beyond. How many of you this morning say, yeah, I, I want to go beyond? I want to go beyond the comfort zone. I want to go out where the great miracles of God happen. See, we can have fun at the beach, but if we want to experience the great, awesome things of God, then you got to get off that beach and hit the deep water where you're totally dependent on faith. Because, listen, when we're living on faith, we're living on the hand of God. And he's holding us up saying, you can do this. That's where we have to get ourselves this morning. Never, never, never be satisfied with the ordinary or the now. Never be satisfied with, this, with, with, with life storms. Never be, never fear those. Never fear life storms. Because God is with you and he'll never leave you. What gave Ezekiel, Paul and Silas, Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego the strength to get through those things? Because they were listening to the, God, the voice of God as God called them out. God's calling us out this, this morning. God's calling every one of you out this morning. Not me, I'm... I'm twisted and bent. I'm screwed up, man. I, God never, God's calling you out this morning. Pastor, I have, I'm a sinner. Man, I just watched porn coming in here. I just smacked my wife before I got out of the car and smiled when I walked in. God wants you to go deeper this morning. God wants to use you. The question this morning is this. Are you willing to be used? Are you willing to go deeper? Are you willing to go beyond your comfort zone? Are you ready, willing to go on past the safety zone? The only way, it's only when we follow God's lead that he unleashes the extraordinary. See, we serve a supernatural God. And serving a supernatural God, we begin seeing extraordinary things happen. How many of you are ready to see some extraordinary things? There's no limit to what we can do. Look at Ephesians chapter 3.20. Paul says this, God can do anything you know, far more than you can ever imagine or guess or request, what? In your wildest dreams. Really? That's for me? That's for you? That's for us? God's going to meet anything you want beyond your imaginable dream when we allow ourselves to go beyond. When we allow ourselves to step off the beach and go beyond. 
There's no limit to what God can do through you and for you. Nothing. The important thing for us this morning is never stop moving forward. Never stop going forward. Listen, and hear this this morning. When you follow God's lead, when you allow God to lead us, it it catapults us into the supernatural. And that's where we want to be as a church. Father, catapult us into the, the supernatural. The supernatural where we're able to reach, achieve the unthinkable. We're able to harness the spiritual. We're able to touch the untouchable that affects the eternal. If you want to see this kind of strength in the middle of your wait, what moment? We have to allow ourselves to hear the voice of God as he coaxes us out. We have to hear and listen for the word of voice, the voice of God as he whispers, come on, you can do this. You can do this, I'm right here. You can do this, I'm right here and I'm ready to hold you. Just step off hold you up. I'll guide you. I'll lead you into extraordinary adventures. How many of you have ever been on a cruise? I'm still hoping for one. My son told me on a cruise ship when they'd stop at a port There was an adventure waiting for some. But the majority of the ship, he said, just stood on the balcony or stood on the rail and watched from a distance. The people that left the boat and went under excursions were the people that experienced the most. So it is with us. I don't want to be a spectator. I don't want to be someone that just looks out over the, the balcony. I want to be that person that's in the thick of it. I want to be that person that's on that extraordinary adventure from God. And that should be a desire of all of us. Father, in the name of Jesus, I would ask that you would stir the hearts of your children here this morning. That you, God, would just begin to mess them up. Stir them up. Give us a passion and a yearning, Lord, for more. Father, don't let us be spectators. Don't let us be comfortable in the status quo standing on the beach. But, Father, take us beyond our own imaginations into your realm which is supernatural Father we love you and we give it all up to you in the name of Jesus we pray 
Amen and amen. God bless you. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Fuel for the Journey. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.